welcome to another edition of Paranormal New Normal. The second one tonight. You lucky watchers. But I am very excited to have my guest here tonight. I found him on Facebook, and when I saw the book he wrote, I had to find out more about it. My guest tonight is Vincent Field, and he wrote a book called Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming. And he is a mentor in those two topics, and we're going to find out all about those two topics tonight. Vincent, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Eh, I can't complain. I get to po- I get to do two podcasts in one night, and I, I love podcasting, so that to me is a win. Nice. So the first question I ask every guest in this show is, what got you into the paranormal, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, world? Well, it, it seemed like I had a, a natural inclination to that kind of stuff. I, from an early age, I was always in, interested in, you know, paranormal, fringe, um, you know, mystical, spiritual topics. And and that's what got me into astral projection and lucid dreaming. Uh, you know, I used to research all this stuff on the Internet, you know, back uh, when I was 12, 13, uh, 14. 14 is when I started astral projecting. And, uh, yeah, I came across a website one day talking about out-of-body experiences. And that was my first time hearing about that. And I thought it was so cool. I wanted to to try. I wanted to do it. So I, I found a technique. And I tried every day. Uh, and in less than a week, I was able to have my first out-of-body experience. And I've been doing that ever since. That's that's what's up i mean so was it did you ever get into like the cryptid side of things when you're younger too like you know all the bigfoot documentaries and stuff when we were kids and Loch Ness and all that oh yeah sure that stuff uh aliens all of it i was i was really fascinated by all of it of course i well i mean i don't blame you because that's what got me into this world as well and all the little books they had in the school library when i was in elementary school about bigfoot but so what inspired you to write your book? Like, I mean, obviously you're into this stuff, but did you just want to write about your experiences or were you trying to explain to other people how to do this? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, you know, um, since I started my, my practice, I had always uh, shared my experiences um, like with certain groups and communities uh, on the Internet, you know, forums. And, uh, you know, I just loved talking about it. I loved uh you know, hearing about other people's experiences and, you know, sharing and getting feedback and, and also, you know, teaching and, you know, giving people pointers, you know, they would want to do it themselves. And, you know, I, you know, share my own experience with different techniques and what worked best for me. And, uh, yeah, you know, eventually I just arrived at the conclusion that it's time to, to share this with a larger audience you know, larger than these, these relatively small online groups. And I thought, you know, a book was the best way to do it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I really had the majority of the book already written because from the very beginning of my practice, I kept detailed journals of all my experiences. So it was essentially a matter of organizing uh, all of this content that I already had for my journals And so I chose some of the more profound experiences or, you know, the more fascinating or experiences that 
you know, kind of um, served as some kind of um, learning tool, you know, for the reader to help understand certain concepts related to these experiences. And uh, so, yeah, I organized um, some of my experiences for my journals. And um, I also included uh, the techniques that I've used to induce uh, these altered states of consciousness. Uh, because I, I didn't just want to share my experiences, but I wanted people to, you know, to, to learn how to do it themselves. And, uh, and aside from those two things, I also provided uh, my own uh, perspective and understanding of these events, these experiences, after, you know, about two decades of having these experiences, you know, so for example, like, in the very beginning, I was having some wild experiences out of my body, but I, I didn't quite understand uh, everything about them, what exactly was going on, why would this happen, why would that happen, uh, and so, you know, after so many years of experience, uh, you start to to understand um, these these things, you start to to get a better idea of of the nature of these experiences, why they happen, what's going on, and so um, so I share that perspective too, kind of to give the reader a a better understanding of of these experiences that I am sharing. Well, what I guess the first question I have is astral projection and lucid dreaming are they kind of the same thing or are there differences between the two? No, they're similar, um, but there are differences. Essentially, uh, a lucid dream is quite simply uh, becoming lucid in a dream. So you're dreaming and you gain uh, full conscious awareness. So you're just as awake, you know, as we are right now talking, but, but you're in a dream. And um, in a lucid dream, you know, the same as a dream, well, this experience, the environment, the reality, uh, the scenario that's taking place, these are generated by the subconscious mind. <clears throat> and with an astral projection, these take place in dimensions of reality that are um, essentially objective levels of reality, like this physical world. It's not subjective, it's objective. It exists whether you believe it or not. It's not being created by your subconscious mind. And so uh, that's the main difference between these experiences. They're, they're both a type of out-of-body experience. You experience your consciousness in another level of reality. But so typically a uh, lucid dream is more of a subjective type of reality and experience, whereas astral projection is more of a, a consensus level of reality. So you can go there and, and meet people and entities that actually exist in you know these other dimensions interesting interesting and i mean i've talked we've i've had guests in the show before and we talked about this where a lot of people believe that like bigfoot and dogmen and all these other cryptids are ultra terrestrial which basically means they come from other dimensions and even aliens people believe that that's how they travel to earth is they go through dimensional they go through different dimensions to get here which i don't know if i agree with all that but it is a very popular theory out there, and 
are those the type of creatures you're talking about, or is it just different spirits and like heavenly underworld type beings? Uh, <clears throat> well, I've had many experiences with aliens in the astral dimensions. Uh, different different kinds of aliens, um, particularly one particular group, um, which seemed to have some kind of interest in me, um, but other uh, types of beings too that I call them alien just because they have the typical alien appearance, you know, like the big triangular shaped head and the big black slanted eyes, the, the skinny bodies. And um, so these aliens... Uh, they definitely exist in these higher dimensions. Um, now, whether um, they kind of travel between the physical and the astral dimension, or if they only exist in these higher dimensions, um, you know, I'm not sure about that because I don't have any physical encounters that I can recall with them. Um, but they definitely exist in these other dimensions and they operate there. And, um, yeah, I, I've had more experiences with them that, that I can, uh, that I can count. And, uh, you know, they're in, uh, a lot of them are in my book. Interesting. And are these encounters usually platonic or are they, I mean, are these creatures aggressive or, I mean, how does it usually go generally? I mean, I don't want you to give away too much cause I want people to read your book, but. Uh, well, it, it depends on the particular group of entities that I'm dealing with. Um, I've had a lot of encounters with a group that uh, don't appear to have the best intentions. I've had some really frightening experiences with them, but I have experiences with, with other groups who are just the opposite. It's like they're, they're like higher level beings, like uh, intelligent and wise and, and like loving. And uh, you know, I've had some incredible experiences where they, they share these, these insights and revelations to me that are really like, like mind blowing. So, you know, there, there are both sides to it. Well, it makes sense. Cause I mean, it's like humans, you can meet good humans. You can be bad. You can be bad humans. I mean, it's just every, it would make sense. Every society would have the good and the bad. I mean, there's always yin and yang and everything. So right. except for the reptilian, except for the reptilian supposedly, but I don't know if I believe that either. But <laughs> So have you run into any of the typical two, which I just mentioned one, but like the greys or the reptilians, like have you run into them at all or? Yeah, I, I've encountered so many different beings, um, you know, the typical ones that um, people commonly report and, and others too. Some that I've like, you don't even have like a concept for, they're just so far out there. And uh, you know, it's not all just like aliens, like, there are types of like spiritual beings, like, like higher level, like they, they almost look like angels and some of them are like massive, like hundreds of feet tall. It's really <laughs> like beyond words. Some of the, uh, the entities that exist out there. And, you know, like I said, some of them, um, are, are nasty, you know, um, malicious and others are benevolent and, um, yeah and what you said is 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 exactly what i say it's just like this physical world um you know you have the good side and the bad side and and this carries over into these higher dimensions too you know it's no different um so 
you, you know, you get people uh, every now and then who say, oh, you know, uh, demons don't exist. Uh, you know, negative entities don't exist if you don't believe in them. Um, and, you know, that's under the assumption that what you experience is only what you believe. Uh, but, of course, that's not the case, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, if these things exist, they exist. It's not going to be based on what you believe. I don't – I have a hard time believing that theory, for lack of a better right. word. I have a hard time – I have a hard time finding logic in that theory. That's the best way to put it. I have a hard time finding logic in a theory that, oh, if you don't believe it's not there, it's not there. I mean – that's what we tell kids when we talk about like the boogeyman stuff like that. Like, you know, if you don't believe he's there, he's not there. Like, no, if something's there, it's most likely there. I mean, these things have been seen because they have to exist somewhere and whether it's in our world or another world or another dimension, they're going to exist somewhere, which I fully believe. And dimen yeah, interdimensional and, you know, is makes sense. I mean, the whole Rick and Morty of it, it makes sense. Like hundred percent it does. So sure. To lucid dream, what is the best way for people to, like, what's the best way people can do that in a way they'd understand? Like, I know it's more complicated than you could, I mean, I know it's hard to put simple because it's a complicated thing to actually lucid dream. It takes practice, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah. Well, um, in general, it, it takes a degree of um, consciousness development the development of your consciousness your awareness your ability to um to recognize um your your current state of consciousness and uh the nature of the re reality around you right uh, so common techniques for lucid dreaming typically involve a kind of um practice during your normal daily life for example reality checks so maybe every time you happen to glance at your hands throughout the day, you do a reality check. You ask yourself, am I dreaming or am I awake? And what happens is if you do this enough, um, it starts to carry over into your dreams and you'll find yourself in a dream looking at your hands. And then, you, you know, almost as a second nature, you ask yourself, am I dreaming or awake? And then you realize you're in a dream. And that's when it becomes a lucid dream. Uh, you realize you're dreaming. And from there, um, it, it's pretty incredible. But there are, other, um, there are other methods as well. Like before going to sleep, you can do a kind of affirmation uh, meditation. So you enter a meditative state and you repeat affirmations uh, such as, I'm aware that I'm dreaming. Like when I'm dreaming... I become lucid, things like that. And the idea here is that you're programming your subconscious mind to trigger lucid awareness once it recognizes that it's in a dream. And, uh, and so the thing with lucid dreaming um, and most lucid dream techniques is that they're kind of indirect uh, techniques in the sense that it, they typically require some kind of subconscious trigger. So it's not like you enter the experience directly um you know you fall asleep you're unconscious and uh and then suddenly you spontaneously gain awareness in this other reality and one reason that i always favored astral projection not just because of the the more objective nature of it um is that 
um, these techniques are direct. So you're awake, you lay down, you do some kind of meditation, and you leave your body directly. So you're not relying on some kind of, you know, self-hypnosis that is going to trigger later on in the night. Which makes sense. I mean, and I've actually heard a lot about actual astral projection lately because a co-host on another show I'm on called Global Strangeness, she actually took a course in it online during COVID. And like I, she says that it's amazing because like in the same class, there's a there'll be like police detectives and stuff like that because they will actually use astral projection to try to help solve crimes, which I find fascinating that the police are actually willing to consider these things these days when, you know, the idea of police going to like a paranormal supernatural realm for this type of stuff was always like a movie thing. It was never like a real life thing until more recently. Which Right. When I hear things like, let me have an out-of-body experience to to solve a crime or like to find some information regarding the physical world. Um, Well, this is actually a common misconception because astral projection, you know, by definition, by the very word astral takes place in another dimension of reality. So you're not experiencing the physical dimension during these out-of-body experiences. So, you know, to demand that we have some kind of physical evidence for these experiences, you know, some people will say, well, if it's real, then come to my house and read these numbers that I wrote down on my, my nightstand. Well, you're not projecting into the physical world. Uh, you're in a totally different dimension of reality. And, you know, <clears throat> there are some similarities between the physical dimension and um, certain astral dimensions, particularly the astral dimensions uh, that are closest to the physical dimension. So you can consider reality like like a spectrum of different dimensions with the physical dimension being the base level. And as you get further down the spectrum, uh, I would say higher along the spectrum, the more these non-physical realities start to, to deviate from the physical world, its appearances, the mechanics becomes very different. And so, yeah, in these lower astral dimensions, the environment typically does look a lot like the physical world, but it's it's still not the physical dimension. So there are issues with trying to, um, you know, obtain information from the physical world from an astral projection because of that. Which makes sense. And I actually was told by someone else in my show a while ago, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they said there's 10 different dimensions, I believe. And that, I mean, does that number ring a bell to you or is it like infinite? Yeah, no, I, I think um, like with all due respect, uh, non-physical reality is so much more vast uh, than just a set number of dimensions. And when, once you gain a lot of experience, um, you know, entering these other dimensions and, and you know, shifting between one dimension and another, uh, you start to realize more and more how complex it actually is. It's not just like different levels, right? Uh, it, it's all interconnected in such more of a complex um, way. So, you know, in my experience and 
the experience of many others with, you know, um, a lot more experience than me. I have a little over two decades of experience, but, you know, some with with four or five decades of experience doing this, uh, they agree that uh, there, there's absolutely no way to count the number of dimensions out there. Yeah, I would imagine it'd be infinite and that it probably is something that grows all the time. I mean, we're probably, dimensions are probably just created out of, who? I mean, I, I don't know how dimensions are created even. I mean, I'm sure they either have been there since the beginning of, beginning of time altogether or they're just they're created by maybe, maybe there are beings out there who can create dimensions. I don't know. I mean, a Rick Sanchez out there, who knows? But, but I mean... I wanted to say, though, when you did say that there are some dimensions that, like, are closer to the physical plane, would those almost be, and I hate to keep going back to pop culture, but would those almost be, like, the upside down in Stranger Things, where, like, it's close to reality, but it's all twisted a different way? Like, it's all, like, you're seeing things you would see in, pl in physical plane, but it looks different, and it's got a different feeling to it? Yeah, definitely, for sure. There's definitely some some truth there. Um and, you know, you, you can encounter dimensions that are almost an exact duplicate of the physical dimension. Maybe like, I don't know, one piece of furniture will be in a different place or something, something simple like that. But yeah, there are uh, other places that, that have the, the general resemblance of the physical world, but there will be some striking uh, differences. And particularly in the lower dimensions, um, Similar to the Stranger Things reference, they typically tend to be inhabited by the more negative types of beings. Uh, simply because of the nature of these dimensions, they're they're lower on the spectrum of non-physical reality. So, you know the the nature, the quality of the energy uh, is lower, and so you know you typically associate uh, like a negative entity uh, and negative person like a low level of energy and you know the opposite is true with you know these higher level um like enlightened entities or you know um just good loving caring people they they resonate with a, a higher level a, a higher quality of energy and so that correlates with the higher dimensions and uh and so yeah similar to stranger things you got some nasty entities in these in the upside down, they call it, and the same goes with the lower astral dimensions, which would make sense. Because I mean, I mean, Stranger Things is based on reality to some degree. Because I mean, the Montauk experiments happened, and it was them trying to force kids to do basically astral projection and lucid dreaming and that type of stuff. I mean, and among a bunch of other things that they should never have done to kids, but it's just and. I mean, everything's created, everything, a lot of things in fiction are created for a reason because somebody somewhere saw something and they wanted to write about it, but they couldn't call it, they couldn't say it's nonfiction because people would usually laugh them off the streets if they tried to say like, oh, this really exists, but to some degree, it probably does somewhere. I mean, the possibilities are infinite of what could be out there in the other dimensions, especially. Sure, sure. I also think in, in you know, uh, movies and and television, um, sometimes it's it's intentional. Like they introduce uh, a concept through you know fiction uh, with the intention of of actually having people learn about this concept because they believe uh, it is true. 
but just to come out and say like this is real uh most people won't believe it but i think like you know slowly introducing the ideas you know like um like the ufo phenomenon well you know years ago the governments were denying it and now they're saying oh yeah it's true right and you know over the years through you know movies and and tv shows you know uh this uh this concept was introduced more and more and now you know no one's really even blinking an eye because we've been so exposed to it over the years yeah i mean well and plus, I mean, it was just, it was supposed to be a distraction from COVID. That's where they finally announced it. But I mean, people weren't paying attention because of COVID. And everybody who believed in UFOs all along was just like, told you, told you. Right. right. But I mean, and plus, I mean, it's, everybody knows about Roswell. Everybody knows about uh, the one in London, the one in England, I can't think of for some reason. Oh, oh uh, the Rendell, the Rendlesham Forest, I think it's called, like incident and, there's a bunch of examples out there. The Barney and Betty Hill abduction, like all these famous cases have been around forever, which if these aliens are from different dimensions, though, I mean, why do you think they suppose, I mean, because it's pretty proven that they, they take people at certain times because there's been plenty of abductees out there who have come forward and said, like, this happened to me. I mean, Betty and Barney Hill, Travis Walton, just for some popular examples. But like, why do you think they're doing it? Um, well, with my experience, um, you know, these, these lower level entities, these aliens that I, w- I would consider, um, less than benevolent, um, they seem to be very cold, um, as if, you know, I am some kind of, um, I don't know, lab rat, you can almost call it. Like, I've never, like, really been experimented on in the typical, um, you know, alien abduction uh, scenario. But uh, I, <clears throat> I've i always gotten this, this sense that uh, there is this uh, lack of, like, empathy. And what they're, what they're doing um, is, is more for, like, an intellectual purpose uh, on their end without really any regard for you know, the human perspective. And, uh, you know, it is different with, with these other groups that I've encountered, but, um, you know, uh, I, I've done a lot of UFO and alien research over the years. I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Carla Turner, but her sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, apparently (laughs) I mean, the story is that the government killed her after writing her books and and kind of blowing the whistle on what was going on with them but yeah there's uh some some really sinister stuff going on with with some of these groups and it, it ties in with the government i don't want to go too far into that but it's interesting i've, I've always been interested in that kind of stuff and uh yeah it, you know well i mean who knows it what i mean well I've always believed that, I mean, I, there's been different stories about the government being involved with aliens for decades now. And I mean, X-Files kind of touched on it for a bit and they did have a, they, I mean, they, they took it way out there, but it is kind of right to some degree. Cause I mean, there's the whole valiant Thor 
um, idea that, well, not idea, the Valiant Thor experience that supposedly happened to, I believe it was, I want to say Roosevelt, or not Roosevelt, um, Eisenhower. It was like supposedly an al a Norse alien actually came to the White House and stayed in the White House and Pentagon for weeks right after World War II ended and he was supposedly trying to talk uh, to them all about like how you we, we shouldn't be using nuclear weapons because it's going to lead down a bad road. I mean, there's pictures out there too of him supposedly sitting next to the president when pre when the president was doing like speeches in public and whatnot. But he wasn't he wasn't what they call a Norse alien, so he looks like someone from Europe. So nobody would have thought anything unless they actually talked to him or got the actual full story. And I believe the president's daughter at the time actually like confirmed it years later that it actually happened. But, I mean, people are still skeptical about it. But that's one of my favorite examples of the government messing with aliens. Because, I mean, if you have a higher a, a being who probably is more intelligent than most humans telling you you shouldn't do this, I, for one, would listen. Because, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> for sure. I mean, there's, they're certainly more advanced than we are. I would, I will, most of them, I would say. I mean, I'm sure there's ones out there that are still just. Just the ones that are probably malevolent are probably out there just destroy, destroy, destroy because they're not intelligent enough to do anything else. I mean, right. who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But but do you believe that dimensions can be created like tulpas or golems like out of people's minds? Like can people create dimensions just by giving enough thought to an idea and like getting other people to believe the same thing? Yeah, well, you know, um, that, that's essentially what happens in, in a lucid dream. You know, your, your subconscious mind uh, essentially creates an entire reality. Um, now, the question is, like, is this like an objective level of reality? Can someone else experience this reality? And, and typically, it's more of a, a, a private, subjective uh, dimension of reality. Um, but, um, yeah, you know... Um, there there are theories that um our our thoughts can actually give rise to um to elements uh which materialize in um the astral dimension and so you can experience this directly um during an out-of-body experience um if if you um put enough thought and concentration uh, you you can manifest things um it, it's, it's especially easy um with, with your own body you know, you can change, uh, you know, your appearance, uh, the form, your size. Um, it's quite malleable, especially in the higher dimensions. And so, um, yeah, what what I've learned, um, not just from research, but from my my own experience of uh, interacting with with people who have died. So they're in these higher dimensions um and they're they're having their afterlife experience you know after we die we go to these higher dimensions and you can access that these same dimensions during these out-of-body experiences you communicate with you know deceased relatives and friends um you know during your astral projections and so um there is uh, a level of of creative power that is particular particularly um present 
in in the higher dimensions um which does allow you to to manifest um essentially a, an entire world you know environments and it's like um it's just generated out of this creative um energy that that we have within us and in the lower dimensions we're typically cut off from this 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 type of energy that allows this this manifestation but as you get higher in the dimensions you seem to to gain a stronger and stronger connection with higher levels of your own consciousness and also um god the, the source of of all of creation and you can experience this connection uh, you know firsthand it's, there's no doubt about it when you have the experience i mean me telling you about it you know believe it or not but so in these higher dimensions with this stronger connection with these higher aspects of our own consciousness and the universal consciousness we we do have these um, powers of manifestation so like an entire dimension um you know sure so actually now it's gonna be it's, it's actually funny you mentioned god because that was gonna be one of my follow-up questions to this is like is heaven one of these dimensions supposedly or uh uh not if you don't want to if people for people don't want to call it heaven like uh a divine like dimension like where people where people actually go supposedly when they die like is that like is that actually out there do you think or did people create that by enough of them believing that it exists yes um so essentially how it works is that your afterlife experience is largely determined at least initially by your your prevalent state of consciousness your prevalent state of psychology uh, emotional state um and you know how these tend to to carry out into your thoughts and beliefs and actions <clears throat> and so I, I mentioned something similar about how the quality the state of your your energy will determine um you know what level of non-physical reality you experience and so um uh, a bad person let's say a person who um, is just full of hatred and envy and malice right they will be naturally attracted to a low afterlife dimension um <clears throat> which also reflects those same qualities and characteristics and so will everyone else who shares that that's that same uh, state uh, of being right and so you'll be in this lower dimension with all these other people who are acting out in hatred and malice but now they're their own victims like in this physical world typically uh there are a lot of innocent victims right but so in these dimensions you're you're surrounded with other horrible people just like you so you're all kind of acting out these these brutal instincts upon one another now and so essentially um th that's a hell because there, there's no end to it until you're able to, to to change change your own state 
of, of, of consciousness, change your ways, right? And a lot of times that's not easy. And, you know, uh, the same applies on the other end of the spectrum. So you have these higher heavenly dimensions um, where typically if a person um, is, uh, is kind of in touch with, um, with, with their, their, their spirituality uh, in a sense that, you know, um, they're not overly dogmatic, but, um, you know, they're open-minded um, and they're, you know, they have these other qualities like compassion and love and empathy, right? Well, typically, um, they'll find themselves in one of the higher uh, afterlife dimensions, uh, you know, after dying. And, um, you know, there's everything in between, too. So essentially, um, yeah, there is definitely um, some validity to the, the heaven and hell concepts. And I mean, my, myself, I've personally experience the whole range of, of different uh, afterlife uh, realms, the good and the bad. And, and some heavenly dimensions, uh, you experience a state of of bliss and like divine love and, and a connection, like I said, with, with God and, and with all of, of creation. And it's just beyond words, the beauty and, and the, the wonder of, of of existence in these higher levels. Uh, so yeah, they definitely exist. Good to, good to know, good to know, of course. And which, so is there like the theory of reincarnation? Like, is there a dimension where people's spirits are held for like, spirit souls, whatever you want to call them, their essence? Is it, is there a dimension where there, where that would be held? And is, do you think reincarnation is possible if someone's still like not able to ascend to the like the heavenly dimensions because they are not free of mind enough to get there? Uh, well, what I've discovered uh, through firsthand experience is that the typical idea of reincarnation of you know this cyclical um, process where your body dies and then you're reborn into a new body and that one dies over and over again, uh, that's, that's missing the mark. Um, so we have something called a higher self and the higher self is essentially the highest, um, level of, of who we are as spiritual beings, as conscious beings and who we know ourselves to be right now. These personalities with these names living on earth, well, we're just a small, small aspect of an of a much larger uh, being, a much larger consciousness, and um, you know, with development and, and experience, you can begin to tap into these higher levels of your own self. And uh, eventually, what I've learned to do is is reintegrate with my higher self. And when you do that. Um, you experience the fact that your higher self um, consists of many, many, many different personalities, different individuals. So I'm one. There are these all these other incarnations. And essentially the higher self is sending out like 
probes, right? Kind of splitting itself off, having all these different lives, different places uh, on earth, different points of time. And, and at the higher level, at, at the level of the higher self, this is all essentially simultaneous. It's all happening like in just in the moment, because in these higher levels, uh, time doesn't work like it does down in these these lower levels like where we're at now. And so you experience the fact that you are connected with all of these other incarnations and you are one with them. Uh, they're you, you are them at the level of the higher self. And, you know, we experience this separation um, at this lower level of our, our physical body and mind. But um, you, you realize that this is essentially what reincarnation is. It's not a reincarnation, but it's more of a, a simultaneous, simultaneous multiple incarnations. Um, and so it's not like when this body dies, eventually I'll be reborn in another body on earth. I will continue my journey uh, through higher dimensions without needing to come back onto earth because I share the experience of all these other incarnations at this higher level of my own consciousness. And so if you're just being introduced to this concept now, it could seem a little either crazy or, or hard to, to wrap your head around. But, um, you know, th that's been my experience and, and it's been confirmed by, by other explorers too. So, uh, yeah, that is my take on reincarnation. Which I can respect that take. It, it makes sense. It makes sense to me, at least logically. And I mean, it does explain past life to some degree as well. So that makes, that would make sense. I mean, if we get a sense of our past life, but if, if part of it's out there, maybe we can connect with it somehow, like when we're sleeping or, and when we wake up, it sticks with us, which 100% makes sense to me. 100%, 100% does. And so, got kind of a two-parter question next. What is your first one? First part is, what is your favorite experience you ever had while lucid dreaming or astral projecting? And then the second part is, what was the most either? I mean, yeah. I'll go either terrifying or horrifying experience you had. Okay. Um, well, it's hard to say that I have one like favorite experience. Um, I, you know, I, I can, I can choose the first one uh, that comes to mind and, and I'll take this um, from, from my first book. Um, it was my, my first higher level experience my first astral projection into a, a higher dimension a higher astral dimension and um just uh, the the experience is so much different from the lower dimensions there's there's no comparison uh, you know in these lower dimensions you know your perceptions and you know the environment it all seems kind of normal right like you do have a slightly heightened state of of awareness but nothing extraordinary. So my first higher level experience, it's like, I was instantly connected with, with this source of, of like divine love and bliss. It was just like, my entire being was just 
permeating with bliss and and this bliss and this love it wasn't just like in me but it, it comprised like the entire dimension like everything like i was i was just connected with all of it and and the environment was just so much different from anything we're used to seeing in, in the physical world it was like like i describe it as like a, a sea like an infinite sea of multicolored energy with these these huge like colorful like bubbles of energy and it's just uh you know something that is beyond words so me describing it now doesn't give it real justice but um you know <laughs> it was like an experience of um like multi-dimensional perceptions so what that means is any one particular perception as we're used to it here in the physical world was actually experienced in a, a whole number of of various perceptions like simultaneously so like in this dimension there was this this heavenly music playing this this music just it permeated the entire dimension it was like an aspect of the dimension and uh, and it was it was more beautiful than like anything you could ever hear or replicate with you know some some guitar or some instruments here and and i didn't just hear the music but like the music like it manifested like visually as these like abstract like geometric forms and uh and i experienced the music as like like an emotion and and so like the colors i was seeing like i didn't just see them but like i felt them and like uh they, they manifested in, like all these different aspects you know sight um sound uh feeling emotion they all manifested in all these different ways simultaneously and uh, I, I know again i'm not doing justice to to the true experience but uh it, it was just so incredible and then you know i was connected with with a higher consciousness and and i knew this higher consciousness it was my own consciousness and uh and it was like it was guiding me and like it was like imparting knowledge to me and i was i was flying like through these these tunnels and um and i flew out of this tunnel into this this area that had like th this large screen and I could, I knew it was some kind of technology and um, I, I was shown images on on the screen and uh, like I, I saw the earth and then it zoomed in and it extracted people people that I knew and it was analyzing these people and I I knew that this place was designed to observe people on earth and analyze how they have been spiritually corrupted uh, during their life on earth and and so it went through all these people uh, that i know and you know it was just a very uh enlightening experience and you know more happened after that but uh yeah that you know my first higher level experience was definitely one that stands out especially just because it was my first you know I mean, I've had experiences after that, which blow that out of the water. But I think that's a, 
that's a good one to start with. Yeah, I mean, it sounds incredible. And not to always bring it back to pop culture again, but you're actually the second person to describe something like that to be on the show. And I mean, well, not he, this person didn't travel to a well, he kind of did, but I mean, it reminds me, and he he actually was like, yeah, kind of is like that. It reminds me of in Futurama when Bender's flying through space and he meets God in space and he's just a cloud of different power lights flashing, kind of. Like, that's what it reminds me of always. Because that, to me, that makes the most logical sense that if there is a, I'm agnostic, so I don't admit to believing anything specifically, but if there is a divine being out there, that's the most logical thing it would be to me is just a cloud, a cloud of gas of, of that's intelligent and sentient. And it would just look like different lights and whatnot because we can't comprehend what it really looks like. I mean, I can't see a divine being being a big chiseled white guy with a beard. Like, <laughs> that just sounds right. like some fantastical writing done by men. But, and some some paintings done by men. But, I mean... So to me, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Because if there is something out there, it's not going to be something we can comprehend with our eyes. We're not meant to know what it looks like. Maybe nothing is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, what I've come to realize is that um, anything you experience in, in these higher levels of reality, well, it's all kind of like filtered through our brain and, and our mind, which relies on, you know, physical concepts that, that we've learned during this life on earth, you know, to, to make sense of it. And so something that's, that's beyond the physical concepts that we know, like we will like by definition have to kind of translate that into something we're familiar with to actually comprehend it in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we have to be able to put meaning to something. It's just human nature. We have to be able to comprehend. We have to be able to like find a way to describe something. Which is why a lot of times we 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 experience something and we blame it on we we find a way to explain it's not true, which is how a lot of stories get told in life and folklore and all that stuff came to be. But which so what was your most terrifying experience? This is kind of the one I'm dying to hear because I'm I mean everybody loves a good horror story kind of so sure sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll take this experience out of, out of my first book too. Uh, I mean, I, I'm currently writing my second book, um, but I don't want to give anything away from that. So we'll, we'll stick with the first one. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it's good stuff. Well, um, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, the, the last experience that I shared uh, in the book and, um, this started out as a typical projection. I, I left my body. I flew through the wall outside and uh, I was just cruising along. You know, it wasn't uh, a typical lower dimension. Uh, it wasn't dark or, or dreary. It didn't have any kind of like bad vibe to it. You know, it was kind of like a, a sunny looking day. Um, so I'm, I'm flying out, um, you know, past my house out into the, the front road. And, uh, I, I hear something calling me and it's like, kind of like this gentle whispery female type voice calling my name. 
and I, and I identify where it's coming from. It's coming from uh, my, my front porch. And it looks like uh, a statue, maybe four feet tall. And it's like a statue of a saint, some kind of saint type lady. And it's calling me to it. And so I go over and it's calling me closer and closer. So I get real close, like, like face to face. And then all of a sudden, uh, this type of, I don't know, like a beam of, of energy, like shoots out from it and it hits me in the neck and it, it, it attaches to me and it's, it's <laughs> sucking out energy from me and it's painful. And at that moment I knew like, this was all uh, a deception. This isn't a statue. This is some kind of, of a negative entity and, and I'm being attacked. It's sucking energy out of me like a, like a, like a vampire or something. And I'm trying to pull free. And, and typically if you have a, some kind of a negative experience, it's rather easy to, to reenter your body. You know, anytime you experience like a heightened state of fear, you almost always instantly go back into your body. So, you know, no issues, but, but this time it was like, I was stuck. Like I, I was trying to break free from it and, and I was struggling. And, and meanwhile, I'm getting this energy sucked out of me and, and it's painful. And, um, and I just sensed this, this, I don't know if I want to say evil, but I think you get the idea. And, and eventually I break free and I, I'm back in my body. And the next day, my neck starts to hurt the same exact spot <clears throat> where this entity attached itself to me. <laughs> and I develop this, this tightening in my muscle. It's like a sprain. It's like, it's like if you strain your neck, I don't know, in the gym or something. Uh, but this was the worst neck strain I'd ever experienced in my life. I, I, I couldn't move my head, but not only that, it was so painful that like at times I was like on the brink of tears. And so what's my conclusion? I, I suffered uh, an actual physical injury from this spiritual attack in another dimension. And um, yeah, that that was pretty pretty frightening. And it, it also, um, it caused me to kind of like take a step back and like consider like what, what was actually happening, you know, um, you know, eventually I, I came to terms with the experience and, uh, you know, I, I moved on, but you know, when something like that happens, a lot of people say, Oh, it's impossible to actually get hurt during these experiences. Um, but you know, on multiple occasions, I've actually experienced physical pain resulting from, um, some kind of, you know, attack, I would say spiritual attack in the astral dimensions. But this is the first one that was like, like a legit, like injury, like for days I was suffering. Well, 
I mean, I asked for a terrifying story and you delivered. <laughs> you delivered. And I mean, I mean, not to. And I've, I've I've heard before. I mean, if you get hurt in dreams, you sometimes get hurt in real life. Like, and that's just the way it is. I mean, I don't know about the whole Freddy Krueger, you die in a dream, you die in real life type thing, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, have you ever experienced anybody that actually had that happen? I mean, maybe that maybe that would explain some people that go into comas and they can't explain why. Huh. Uh, well, no. I mean, typically. Um, I, I don't believe in the idea that, you know, if something happens to you when you're out of your body, like it will re- result in, in a physical death. Okay. But here's the thing. When you're out of your body, you occupy a type of energy body or spirit body. And when you go back into your body, this energy body or spirit body, it reintegrates with the physical body. And, and and they essentially become one and so like right now um we have this physical body but we have like finer layers um which are essentially uh spirit bodies within the physical body all kind of merged together integrated and so during astral projections uh you know the spirit body uh temporarily leaves the physical body and so i suppose it makes sense that if something affects your astral body it could have an effect on the physical body once it reintegrates with it and so perhaps that is what happened possibly possibly i mean all right I got one more question and then I will wrap it up. But I I am a huge fan of a show called Monsters Among Us. It's a podcast. And there's these entities they talk about in that show. And they've never really talked about before that show. But they're called, well, the host of that show calls them mirrored men. And basically, it's three humanoid figures who they usually are wearing like almost like men in blackish, like black suits, uh, top hats. And they usually three, they usually walk like in synchronization. Like they all, wherever one, wherever the first one makes a movement with, the other ones make a movement with. And they all walk the same. They all make the same. They, if they all, if one looks one direction, they all look the same direction. So what I'm kind of wondering is, have you ever run into anything like that in your travels? It reminds me of... <clears throat> shadow beings especially when you said three of them that essentially um like act in in unison i've had an experience one that particularly comes to mind with three shadow beings that appear to be almost like duplicates uh, of one another Um, now i mean the shadow beings seem to be lower dimensional entities um, that that typically um are there when when you leave your body especially in the the early days uh and they seem to just want to to scare you like maybe they feed off your fear something like that um now exactly what uh, they were talking about on the podcast uh, i'm not sure uh but yeah that that sounds pretty interesting i'm sure it could be something that uh maybe you can encounter out of your body i mean 
Yeah, multiple people have supposedly seen these, especially a lot of them when they were kids, and it's usually when they're looking out their window at night or something in, like, rural areas. But they also have been reported in, like, people seeing them while they're hiking in the woods and whatnot. So, I mean, they one of the possibilities that the host always brings up is that it could be a dimensional slip of some kind and that these creatures are just not, me- not meant to be seen by us because time- loss of time does happen when people see them. Like, they'll lose... They'll be looking out the window at ten o'clock at night, and next time, next thing they realize, it's six o'clock in the morning, and they were they're still in the same position. So, I mean, it could also be extraterrestrial in origin as well, but that'd be that would be interdimensional as well, probably. So, it's just I figured it maybe maybe you could see some maybe you saw something similar, but I mean, my 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 hopes weren't that high because this is a very rare phenomenon that people don't report a lot. Okay, it, it does remind me of shadow beings in what you said of them you know being seen in the physical world uh maybe there's some kind of dimensional slip um because you know i've only encountered shadow beings shadow people you know out of my body but there are people who have seen them in the physical world and you know like i said they exist in the lowest astral dimensions like that are very very close just slightly above the physical dimension. And so I do think there could be some kind of way that sometimes there's um, kind of um, a crossing of the dimensions, maybe temporarily, um, and we're able to either perceive, perceive into a slightly higher dimension where these entities exist, or somehow they're able to kind of temporarily come down into ours. It's possible. I mean, yeah, kind of like how they say the veil is like thin on near all near Halloween or on full moons, like kind of like that kind of idea where maybe there's times where the little the veil is just a little bit thinner between dimensions and people see things they aren't supposed to see, but and because of that they lose time because their brain's trying to put meaning to it, like put logic to it. So, sure, makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah, my wife has actually seen shot people in the uh, physical sense, so I do believe shot people exist 100%. I, I've never seen anyone, any being like that, but I haven't seen a lot of things, and so, but I still believe in a lot of things, so that's just the way it goes. Those who want to see, don't see. But You know, I, I've seen things like that, um, you know, at night when it's dark, and I usually just chalk it up to my imagination being overly tired kind of hallucination perhaps uh these are legit sightings uh but who knows i mean my wife's seen them during the day too so that's the other thing and okay she sure. was all, she also lived in a house that was built on native american burial ground so that could have been something different altogether who knows but there's possibilities are endless. That's why I love the paranormal. Possibilities are en- endless, and there's a lot of explanation. There could be a lot of explanations for the same thing. But right, right. Why don't you tell the listeners though where they can find your books and if they want, just where where your books are found and just sell yourself basically. Sell anything, anything you want to promote. Promote. All right, for sure. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, my book is on Amazon.com. Um, you can find it in paperback, Kindle, audiobook, whatever format you prefer. And uh, you can find me on social media, Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok. My username is Vincent Fields Author, one word. And uh, you know, I encourage people to get in touch with me if you need any advice, if you want to get into these practices, and uh, you know, need some tips and tricks. I'd be happy to help you out. Well, hopefully, some people reach out to you because I know astral projection is a big thing right now. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, as all my listeners know, you can find me on Facebook as Paranormal the New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with the S group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You can find me on TikTok as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can find Paranormal the New Normal on YouTube. Just search the name. All the videos I do will be on YouTube, are on YouTube, and they get released the same day as the podcast because you don't get it early. I may be setting up, setting up a Patreon soon to do that, but that's not happening just yet. And I would love to thank my guest, Vincent Field, for coming on. I would love that because I mean he has been a great guest, and I learned a lot tonight, and I love it when I learn new things on this show. So thank you for coming on, Vincent, and to all my listeners and watchers. Have a good night, and I will see you tomorrow for my watchers and my listeners. I'll see you in half a week.